All right, back here on Sports 1140, KHTK. Jason Ross here with you in our final half hour of the show. It is opening night, special night, always, every year in the NBA season. Kings opened up in Portland, got a win, and now they try to get to 2-0 for the second consecutive year uh, as they get the Utah Jazz. We welcome in the voice of the Kings, the G-Man, Gary Gerald. Happy opening night, home opening night, G-Man. Here we are. How about that? Yeah, isn't it? It's fun, isn't it? It really is fun. Yeah, I was just saying that to Deuce. Like we, we I, all of us, we're kind of guilty of it. Where uh, you know, when the bubble happened, I know you were doing some TV. We're here without fans. Most of last year was out fan, without fans. They're all going to be here tonight, and it's you know we've been in this building so many times. <laughs> I, I think I know I kind of forgot that. Oh yeah, we haven't really had the full house, so it's going to happen tonight. Well, let's yeah, let's hope that the place is packed, and I and there's no reason why it shouldn't be. And I, it you're right, we do kind of forget. I was talking with David Locke about uh, the radio voice of the Utah mm-hmm. Jazz a short time ago, and and he was bemoaning the fact that you know how much he hated doing games on a remote basis all last year, and how thankful he is to be traveling. And I, while I don't want to go down that road <laughs> because we have no influence over any of that, there are things you miss. And of course, when the Kings were on the road, and we're either in our green room studio or we're here at our normal broadcast location with no fans, there's just no energy to play off of, and that's a great challenge for any broadcaster in any sport. And yet, broadcasters have come to find that the norm over the last year plus. And for some of the teams, including Sacramento, we still are not traveling, but it is opening night at home. There will be fans in the building. It won't be cutouts. I'm anticipating great energy. Oh, yes. And, and I think that just fires everybody up. Yeah, and I think people love what they heard and watched in the first game. And it's only one game, but that was a really good Portland team. It's an even better Utah team tonight. So um, I, I'm with you. I mean, everybody's going to get a shirt here. It's just opening night. It's anticipation of what could be um, a great season. So I, I just think that's what opening night leads to. And I'm thinking about the history. You've been here for all the games, G-Man. Uh, what was the very first opening night like? That was one I never experienced at the original Arco and everybody in tuxedos and that little <laughs> little barn. But what was what are your memories from that night? I remember. I think the first thing that that struck me that particular night, I pulled into the parking lot, and it was basically you know a warehouse that was slapped up in nine months <laughs> by Greg Lukenbill and his his uh, crews, and. It was only 10,333. You talk about intimate for an, by NBA standards. It was crazy. But pulling up into the parking lot, they were piping, you know, regal-type music, mm. a lot of brass and horns and stuff like that, pomp and circumstance-type, you know, like the queen and the king were coming. Well, the kings were coming. And that was my first, you know, my first sense of, this is kind of cool. <laughs> and, of course, many, including myself, we had we were in tuxedos. Think about that. How often do you go to a sporting event and see people in tuxedos? Doesn't happen very often. So it was against the LA Clippers. The Kings did not win on that particular night, but ten thousand three hundred thirty-three were packed into that building, and we were just elbow to elbow, tight quarters, but so excited because professional sports on a national level were in Sacramento, 
and we're going to be in Sacramento for an extended run. Yeah, I think another one for me, not obviously I didn't wasn't a part of that one, uh, when the Kings were technically saved in the staying and that first game back with new ownership oh, and the boy. team was staying. I remember that being pretty spectacular at Arco as well. Well, absolutely. It, it was without question because of the emotional roller coaster that all Kings fans were on for such a prolonged period of time. Before I think it was from January when the first announcement came out that the you know, it was first and goal on the one-foot line for Seattle. They were going to get the franchise. They were going to have a, a replacement for the Sonics that they lost to Oklahoma City. They're all fired up. Kings fans are devastated. And we went from mid-late January until what was in mid-May, I think, before that decision was made, uh, Board of Governors and down in Dallas. And, and the word came that, you know, the Kings were going to be saved and Vivek Ranadive to the rescue. And, wow. It, it's hard to believe that so many years have gone by since I know then. it. Yeah. That is crazy. I think another time I reflect on an opening time, G-Man, was a little before that, uh, probably the best window, that eight-year window when the Kings made the playoffs, but really maybe 01 to 04 when they were legitimately title contenders oh, and you always were still hanging on to the pain of the loss of the year before, whatever the last one was, but then entering a season going, they're going to be good. And to enter a building on a season opening night when you go, this team's going to win, whatever, 45, 50, 55 games, that was a pretty good time, too. Well, and it was a case you weren't hoping. You weren't being optimistic yeah, you knew. because you just had a desperate hope that you want them so much to succeed. You knew. You yeah. absolutely knew. You were good enough that you could contend for a championship, and that, and that was that was a very special time, obviously. And of course, yes, I know it's now 15 years since they were last in the playoffs, and that that hurts. I mean, there's no question about it. And who knows if this team is going to be able to make, you know, the playoffs this year? We've got 81 more games to play, but by all indications, what we've seen in terms of chemistry, spirit, unity, hard work, defensive improvement, I think they can certainly be a contender, a legitimate contender for one of those those spots. And that's, you know, as Luke Walton has said countless times in his now two-plus years with the Kings, we want to be better tomorrow than we were today. We want to be better a week from now than we were today, and so on and so forth. So let's let's see if this team can prove it, because tonight you get a really good measuring stick. This Utah Jazz Club, you know, they had the best record in the NBA last year. And they've got everybody back. Right. And added, right? Rudy Gay, I think, is a good addition, though. He's not healthy. Hassan Whiteside gives them a little more depth in the front court. But they've been – now they're kind of what we just said about the Kings. They were one of the best teams in the league. They were a championship contender. They fell short. They've got that pain, but now they're trying to add on to – really, they're probably more concerned about April, May, and June, but that's all built on what they do in October, November, December, and so on. No question about that. You know, they they played their opening game two nights ago, as did the Kings. Kings got the three-point win in Portland. It was uh, Utah knocking off Oklahoma City in Salt Lake City, and they held uh, the Thunder to 86 points. No big surprise there because Utah was one of the top defensive teams last year as well as their uh, offensive uh, success. So, you know, what are you going to be able to do against a Rudy Gobert? How much does he impact the game? How many shots will he alter or block or change over the course of tonight's ball game? Kings have got to be really smart. And I, I, I know I'm sure you saw the video today. Uh, it had a couple of expletives in it. But behind the scenes mm-hmm. with the Kings in the locker room with great. Luke Walton in Portland, I wish that all Kings fans, and particularly those who are not 
Bill Walton or Luke Walton fans could see that because I think it gives you an honest glimpse of the fire that's inside Luke. Whereas so many times you see him on the sidelines, he's composed, and you're you're thinking, okay, how much how much passion does he have? Mm-hmm. Well, you saw the passion in that snippet from the locker room, and I loved it. Yeah, I, I think about that. He said it before, too, G-Man, that a lot of the coaching's been done before the game. It's more managing the game. Right. But moments like that, that's for the next game and the games to come. And um, I, I think we saw a lot of good things against Portland, and what's great is I know they can play better. Well, there's no question. I mean, the fact that they gave up 72 points in the second half of the Trailblazers, they reverted to some old habits mm-hmm. after, you know, a really good, concentrated effort. And Luke said immediately after the game, he says, our challenge now, we'll break down the video and we'll show them tomorrow, meaning yesterday, you know, what they were doing so well in the first 24 minutes and why they weren't having success in the second 24 minutes of the second half. So lessons learned and you, you want to know, you want to see how they react to it because you're going to be tested tonight by this Utah club. Mm-hmm. And I know Deuce mentioned what in the last segment, you know, they smacked the Kings in the mouth. Oh repeatedly last season, all three games. And that one game, when they scored 154 points and won by 49, it's the fourth worst loss in the history of the Sacramento Kings. And now 30, this is their 37th year in Sacramento. So I hope that some of those guys remember that particular night and uh, maybe they can, you know, even things up and be, well, they've got to be a whole lot more competitive. Yeah, that's what makes Utah so good. Everybody's back, like you said. They were really good defensively, and then they set a league record for most threes made on a <laughs> nightly basis. So they could beat you defensively, beat you offensively, and that night they had both going, and the Kings had no chance. Had no chance whatsoever. They just got buried in that one. And, you know, I know it's history, but when you look back, I mean, nine of the last ten times the teams have faced each other here in Sacramento – Utah has walked off the floor with the W. Yeah. And I think, though, it's a team, you know, we talk about who can you parallel, who can you try to copy. Well, the Kings, you know, they don't have LeBron. They don't have Giannis. They don't have some of these. But Utah, I think on the individual basis, has some really good players. But that team put together, it's really good. Well, and credit Quinn Snyder and their front office for for putting the the talent together and Snyder getting it out of those guys. You have to buy in, and you have to make a commitment that's 82 games plus long. And sometimes, you know, when you're getting smacked around or you've lost three or four in a row or whatever, it's hard to find, to you know, that little extra where you've got to dig in and get a defensive stop. And it's a cliche. You hear it all the time. It's, it's one possession at a time. But each possession, if you're going to be good – You've got to make the best of every opportunity as consistently as you can over 48 minutes. And the Kings have got a long way to go. We know that in, in that regard. Yeah, that's for sure. The other thing tonight, uh, at some point, we believe is going to happen, you're going to be calling a record-breaking three by Buddy. I hope it happens early. Yeah, he probably does too. Yeah, he's tied with Peja Stojakovic, for those who, who may not be familiar. Buddy's a tremendous three-point shooter. Uh, but in franchise history, Peja has the record at 1,070, and Buddy hit four threes up in Portland on opening night on Wednesday. He has now pulled even with Peja, so the first triple he knocks down tonight makes him the franchise uh, man, uh, the leader in that particular category. Go get him, Buddy Buddy. Yeah.
quicker time. He's done it so it's a different game, obviously, even in that short amount of time. The amount of threes that are now taken on a nightly basis, but also the shooting that's on display in this league. I know we saw Dame have a, a day we just would never expect, right. but then like last night, Jimmy, Steph was as good as we've ever seen. That's what makes this league so great on a night-to-night basis. Isn't that fun? I mean, I, I'm thinking, I don't know about you, but I hearken back immediately in that first quarter. He starts getting, he gets yep. 20, and then it's 23, then it's 25, and I'm thinking, this Play. is like Clay Thompson, yes. you know, five years ago when he dumped the NBA record 37 in a 12-minute quarter on the Kings. And to this day, that that stands in my mind as mm-hmm. the most remarkable thing that I've seen in my now 37 years with the NBA. Yeah, I said the same thing earlier in the show. I just That's why I love the league. You don't know. I don't think you we don't knew know. going in that night. Well, Clay's a great shooter. Steph's great. Never would you anticipate he's going to score 37 in a quarter. Never. Yeah. And not, not miss. And right. He, among the shots that he made, nine of them. Nine oh. of them were three-pointers in that third quarter. Who did he think he was, Harrison Barnes? <laughs> How about the Falcon? Man, yes. That's great. What a great start. Let, let's hope the Kings can find a way to you know be competitive and work some magic. Steal one from the Jazz tonight. Why not? Let's really get this town turned upside down here at the start of the season absolutely started 2-0 last year what a tough start and then even the Warriors on Sunday so it's a fun weekend ahead oh boy and then Phoenix the game after that (laughs) yeah nothing easy where are the easy games I don't (laughs) think they are in this league are they (laughs) all right G-Man well have a great call I know you got uh, some more work to do here but thank you my pleasure yeah it's gonna be fun thank you for for being here this is year what 27 28 28 yeah yeah wow that's awesome it is awesome. I, and I love the fact that we've been able to, to do it together. We're stacking. You know, the Kings are saying stacking days. We're stacking years. <laughs> <laughs> We're stacking years. I love it. All right, G-Man, we'll have the call coming up uh, certainly at 7 o'clock right here on Sports 1140 KHK. we got game night coming up with the High Flyer and Scott Marsh. Still a few more things for us to get you caught up on here uh, in our closing moments of the show. As we mentioned, yeah, there is a Bill Walton signing, one of the member or citing one of the members of the Top 75 as unveiled by the uh, NBA over a three-day stretch. That was a bit odd how they did it, but uh, he is here, not only uh, in his King's gear, supporting his son. I think he's going to be a part of uh, events tomorrow as well uh, down on game day, as uh, I think uh, events with the UCLA-Oregon game. I think he's the celebrity picker. He's going to have to get those picks in quickly. We've known, as uh, Bill's been on our broadcast team before, uh, brevity is not a strength for him. So we'll see how that uh, We'll see how that goes for him. on the, there, That's on a time crunch there on that national scale there for uh, ESPN game day. So uh, that's something to watch for tomorrow. Okay, we'll see Jason, how he uh, – yeah. He said the magic word. What's the magic word? Bill Walton. Yes? So you know oh, is means. it time? What's that? But to watch Steve Nash feed the post, that is a clinic, a thing of beauty. That is Picasso. That is Monet. That is Michelangelo. That is Leonardo. That is Einstein, Steve Nash, getting it done here. We are privileged. We are in the presence of greatness. And you too, Jason. <laughs> 1.34 left. Uh, Chris, did you just have that handy? You said the magic word. It just pops up. You're right. You're right. It just There's a radar that goes off. Um, that was fun, I will say, for me doing a game in L.A. with him. Uh, it was unique for sure. It turns into story time. It turns into just... You're on the ride. You're on the ride with them, and you don't know where it's going to go. That's part of the fun. It's also scary, um, but uh, certainly a character and a really very, very likable person. I mean, he's fun. He's fun to get to talk to. Great with his time, great with people, and I've already seen him down here, uh, down below. I don't know. He's, he's probably in the back right now uh, watching uh, Luke's press conference, but he 
is just one-of-a-kind personality, and he's been great with people out here on the court, and he'll be checking out tonight's game between the Kings and the Utah Jazz. All right, a couple other things to to get caught up on. As we said, the news of the day. Um, let's start with baseball first from last night. The Dodgers had to win, had to survive. They did that um, to force a sixth game now back in Atlanta as it's three games to two in favor of the Braves. Dodgers trying to repeat what they did a season ago when they were down 3-1 and rallied in the NLCS to win the last three games and ultimately get to the World Series and win it there. But some injuries for them just doesn't feel like they're the same team, though they exploded with all those runs yesterday. The American League Championship Series is going on right now. They are just underway in Houston. It's the top of the first, and the Red Sox are batting. Still no score um, in that one. From the NFL, it got started yesterday with the Browns getting really a quality win. They needed that. They needed to get that win with all the injuries they had to get their fourth win of the season. Denver, on their side, losing that game, they go to 3-4 and four with four consecutive losses. That helps the Raiders, right? The Raiders are looking at the division. They're in the top spot with the Chargers. Though The Chargers have the lead, basically, on the head-to-head. Chiefs still trying to sort things out and have really put together some good offensive games, but not the complete game defensively. Raiders will have the Eagles this weekend. That'll be on KHDK, and uh, they'll see what the... Uh, the Chiefs are able to do when they take on the, the Titans this weekend. For the 49ers, the news on their end, uh, it is official. Jimmy Garoppolo will start on Sunday. He gets the nod in the game against the Colts. Trey Lance, the other news, uh, the injuries continue. He is out, so the bye week didn't help him recover. He's not going to be in the backup situation, so it's Jimmy G's time again. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, Jimmy G has been a good quarterback for this team. He has won a lot of games. He is in a spot where they don't have everybody But he's going to have to help them win a game at some point or be a difference maker. When they're playing some of these other teams that are also good, a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, those type of elite quarterbacks, they help those teams win games by themselves sometimes. And Jimmy's not to their level, but I'm not asking him to do it every night. He needs to do it on some nights. And this Sunday night may be that night where they've had a week off. I'm sure he's about as prepared as possible with Kyle Shanahan's game plan. And I'm still looking for this team to have one of those games where they look like a, a deep playoff team or a Super Bowl caliber team. Injuries have prevented that. But still, sometimes you can have that Sunday where you go, all right, I see it. And I'd like, I think the Niners haven't really had that game. In their loss to Arizona, there were moments where it looked right. I really was impressed with the defense. Offense wasn't able to do enough with uh, Trey Lance, um, just not fully – Fully comfortable, fully immersed. But I'm, I'm still waiting for that four-quarter performance by the 49ers. And who knows, uh, hopefully Sunday it'll happen for them. NBA updates, Ben Simmons uh, catching you up on that. He has informed the team that uh, after meeting with the players in the front office that he is not in a good mental space right now. Uh, this is a delicate one, a tricky one, uh, based on the audio we played yesterday about Daryl Morey where he felt where the team was, where he felt their best situation is either to be have Ben Simmons on their team and him playing for them or get a difference-making player in return. And if they don't get either one of those, they'll wait. They'll just hang on. So I think where it is now is Ben Simmons has to get his stuff in order, whatever that version of that means, get his mind right, his mental well-being, his health right, and then the team is still going to search, I'm sure, to see if they can move him for a difference-making player. They don't want role players. So if they're not going to settle, I could see this thing taking some time. And I think it's best to remove Ben Simmons from just the process entirely 
get him out of the, the locker room, get him out of practice, see where he is, and then if he gets in a better headspace, then reintroduce him into practice, reintroduce him to the locker room. It sure sounded like the quotes from some of the players and that they would be supportive of a return um, and more of a, a friendship, good teammate role, like, okay, we'll be here for you when you're right. So I feel like they've kind of pushed it back on Ben Simmons, the timetable at least, while the team timetable is still contingent on everybody else. Who, who's going to cave and give them a better deal? If not, it sounds like Daryl Morey's in it for the long haul. So that's certainly something uh, to watch as the uh, this goes on. All right, play uh, play tonight. We know we're getting ready for the Kings and the Utah Jazz here at Golden One Center. Let's give you a couple of updates of scores around the NBA at the moment. You've got Cleveland underway against Charlotte, 63-57. I like looking at some of the new faces in new places. Uh, a lot of people are excited about what the Knicks could be. They got a good opening win against the Celtics after a playoff appearance last year. They are just demolishing the Magic right now, 67-35. to Evan Fournier had a good first game. He's having a good second game so far. Um, other games of note tonight, Pacers and Wizards underway. The Nets and Sixers. Um, the Nets are an interesting case study, too, because we know they're talented. They are the favorite to win the championship. They lost their first game. No shame in losing to the Bucks on opening night. Now they get Philly in Philly, and the Sixers lead that one. But we're all also so much talk about Ben Simmons. What, what's going to happen with Kyrie? Where is that situation going to change? I think the, the Nets have clearly made their point. They've made their stance, what they believe. They will welcome him back once he changes his mind and elects to get vaccinated. I don't know if he will. I really couldn't predict that. I just don't know. I couldn't even get into Kyrie's head. I think other people you, you think will are more predictable. He is not. He has certainly been stubborn on this and been strong in his beliefs. And he can keep that and stay that way. He's just not going to be able to play for the team. So uh, that one, as we said, is underway. KD um, and James Harden are going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting for that team. They do trail to the Sixers. 46-39, that's uh, just getting going. Some other games to watch tonight. Suns and Lakers both lost their first games. Not really worried about either team. I think that Suns story with Robert Sarver is something to watch to see if there's more development there. And then the Lakers, I know a lot of shade was being thrown at Russell Westbrook, but I thought he didn't play well. I think they're going to figure out the fit for him. But I thought LeBron and AD were very good, and there were times in that game that the Lakers, you know, they owned more of the game than the Warriors did. Now, the end, the Warriors had a great fourth quarter, but I think everything just got directed all to Russell Westbrook, and I don't think that's the exact spot that should be looked at. He has to get better, has to fit in better, but I think the Lakers will be be just fine. So our game tonight, it will be the Jazz and the Kings. It is the home opener. We're really looking forward to this one, and uh, we want you to stick with us the rest of the night because we got you covered. We've got game night coming your way next. That's Scott Marsh and the high flyer Henry Turner. And then, of course, uh, following that, we will have Kings Live pregame, and then the G-Man will have all the play-by-play action here on your home of the Kings as the Kings and the Jazz. So it's a good night ahead. We hope you're on your way out, or if not, listen to us on the radio. Have yourself a great night, a great weekend. We're back on Monday for another show from the studio. But uh, coming up next, it's game night as we get you ready for the Kings and the Jazz in the home opener right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. See you.